and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. Oh, Liam, look out behind you. Ah! Whoa, whoa, what whoa! is it? Whoa, there's dudes. They're kicking and punching. They're throwing ladders <laughs> around, jumping shit. out of windows, and falling into the ice rivers and shit. This is fucking crazy. Damn, is that a balcony he's standing on? Whoa, look at how high oh, up shit. he is. Oh my god! Look at how big that man is, and look at how small the man he's fighting is. This is fucking nuts. What is this? I'll tell you. This could only be Jackie Chan's first strike. A.K.A. First strike. A.K.A. In virtual reality. <laughs> Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. What's the other A.K.A.? Police Story 4. First strike. Mm, maybe Which the means, most important aka of yeah all. it's the one that lets us do it on the podcast otherwise our bosses call us we have this big red phone at each of our houses and anytime it rings it means we've upset the boss we don't know who that is but we've learned to not upset the boss so we have to make sure that we get that in there right now right though i would say that because there are so many movies with jackie chan's as the preface this could work as they made another Jackie Chan movie. Like, it exists in a series of movies which Jackie Chan owns. Right, yeah, the Jackie Chan Could you give me a couple series. of examples? Yeah, there's Jackie Chan's The Protector. Mm-hmm. There's Jackie Chan's Crime Story. Different but story funny from enough, Police Story. That's right, yeah. But funny enough, there's some movies where Jackie Chan does not own them, despite being the star, like The Medallion. Right. Well, I will say the, he too, doesn't own the medallion. What's interestingly, Police Story One and Two, as an example, he worked as director on those. He doesn't own those. What's up, Jackie? Pick strange. one, dude. That is really, really strange. Um, Jackie Chan, cultural figure that really needs no introduction, so we're gonna give him one anyway. Uh, <laughs> potentially one of the only like, I mean, Jackie Chan is a lot of things, but he's probably one of the only stunt people like a stunt person stunt person that a wide swath of the population can name and recognize yeah i would absolutely agree with you and just in terms of you know even if you're just getting more broad and you're like celebrities that are household names um and and people you learn about early on i would say jackie chan has to be on the short list of maybe like I don't know, man. Top twenty. I don't know where kids are at now. Like, I don't. I don't know if I if I ask my nephews if they know who Jackie Chan is. They <laughs> is, might not. Did we put Jackie um, Chan in Fortnite yet? That's yeah. Like honestly, is he there on might TikTok? be something. There might be something keeping his legacy alive in that way. I don't know, but I know that I knew who Jackie Chan was by the time I was four or five years old. You know, and I and I wouldn't be able to say the same about uh, however many actors. And so he's just. He's one of those dudes where he's managed to span generations, mediums, uh, genre. Yeah, gr- I mean, growing up, he had a cartoon. Like when we were kids, there was a Jackie Ki- Jackie Chan cartoon. Right, and that's that's probably what introduced me to the guy. So maybe maybe that's all I'm going off of is that I was a kid when WB Kids was around. <laughs> was but, doing uh, Jackie yeah, Chan adventures. He's he's just one of those dudes where. Even if you you don't know who he is, like you know him, you know his name. He's got a catchy name. No wonder they use it in so many titles. And um, I haven't, I'm I'm not all that familiar with Jackie Chan, despite knowing him all my life. You know, like what have I seen? I've seen Rush Hour, I've classics, seen, all um, of them. 
<laughs> yeah, but even then, that's like late Jackie Chan, right? Like yeah, I had well, no idea speaking, by the time. Yeah, dude. Um, quick rush hour aside. So this is rush hour two. Um, there was a point in my life as a kid where every day we would wake up and as we like did breakfast and got ready for school or whatever, we would watch the blooper reel for rush hour two literally every day. That's so cool. It's so funny. Still, I watched it the other day. There's so many good bits. So like Jackie Chan is such an important cultural figure, even in weird ways like that, where it's like, oh yeah, I love his blooper reels. Yeah, yeah, blooper reels. He does animated movies, kids' movies. I mean, The Spy Next Door was 2010, and that kind of directed by Brian Levant, by the way. And that sort of brings us into a new era. And then you've got stuff like the Karate Kid remake, where he's uh, a bit more serious, but also him being Jackie Chan is part of the hook. Like that, the fact that he's done so much in his career, and now he's this mentor figure in that role. I mean, well, and then think about part of what sells it. Yeah, and then every Jackie Chan movie ever made that's not in English, of which there are many, or that got dubbed so many. Yeah, so as as big as Jackie Chan is for us over here in Canada, I mean, imagine how huge he is over in china right like he, holy shit i'm actually gonna He's the dude i should have done this in advance but the internet works quickly he has um 141 acting credits on imdb dang which is a lot and i mean not all of these are going to be him like at his peak just like doing all kinds of wild shit but like he really has been in it his first credit is 1962 and i'm been eight <laughs> And I'm on a Wikipedia here, and it says that he has seven movies slated to come out in 2021. Dude is a workhorse. That's so many. There's a rumored Rush Hour 4, apparently, which I'm seeing here. You know, if that if that day ever comes, we'll get to it. But, um, mm. yeah, Jackie Chan, he's just... It's, it's rare, I feel like, that there is somebody who is so popular who is also just an absolute virtuoso at what they do. Like, he's that popular because of two things. One, he's able to incorporate comedy into it, so it's tonally open and not just, like, gritty murder violence all the time. And it's all real stunts that he's helping doing choreograph along with the, I guess, oftentimes the Jackie Chan stunt team in particular. Uh, Another thing that he named after himself, I guess. And um, (laughs) he's just so fucking good at it. Like, even when he gets hurt or there's a blooper and he gets, like, stuck inside a door or something that he's trying to slide under, like, you don't care because it's just, it's unbelievable that this dude is doing it in the first place. And there's stuff in this movie where it's like, wow, he just fought off that group of dudes with a ladder. And, of course, it's, like, carefully choreographed, but, like, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, he's he truly is unique because even if you take someone like Bruce Lee... um, who was around a bit before Jackie Chan and was a a household name in uh, the Western world as well. Um, It's like he wasn't doing what Jackie Chan was doing. He didn't, he didn't fill that, you know, I I wouldn't even say niche. Uh, He just, there's like a Jackie Chan has managed to carve out this really cool identity for himself that I can't think of anyone else that, that does the same thing that he does you know i can't think of any anyone that's analogous to what jackie chan has been doing over the last 30 years you know i know you said 62 but really like he's been 
big since the 80s and that's yeah crazy like to these me. police and story and movies were big like they were a big deal they were popular um and i mean obviously he kept making them but like it's a great uh it sort of sets a template for what contemporary action movies look like maybe not as much now i think that's sort of changed but it did set a blueprint for how to do big action set pieces and um actual stunts with like not being heavily cg'd or anything but just setting up big fights or set pieces or whatever um it was sort of uh I don't want to say groundbreaking. That might be putting it a little bit too strongly. I'm not an expert in like the study of the genre, but um, it it was a significant film, and it was dangerous, and it looks really cool, and it's really impressive to behold. So I I get it. His appeal makes perfect sense, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those things where he uh he fucking figured it out, and it's it's persisted. Uh, he's he's so cool. Yeah, so it was like Rush Hour your big sort of touchstone for Jackie Chan? I mean, even bigger than that would honestly be the Jackie Chan Adventures series. Oh, really? Which is, which is sort of a bummer because yeah. it's like that's cartoon form and the physicality of Jackie Chan is is the big part of it. Um, besides that, you know, Spy Next Door, that's one of his later roles. Um, other than that, I'd just say like youtube videos of him doing his shit interviews with him i've seen that stuff i i know his personality um i've seen clip shows of him but i had never seen police story uh any of them before hadn't even heard of them actually um until you told me about them a couple years ago when you started watching them uh i've never been a huge martial arts film guy um i really uh respect them and i think they're really cool but it's just never a genre i've made myself wade into all that deeply even though i think i would dig it if i did like some of my favorites um that i've found are uh uh ricky o you heard of that one i have heard of it i haven't seen it but i know it yeah and even that like that's just like that's much more of a a camp sort of gore movie which is more my thing um and then i've seen like some modern day action movies that i really like like um the raid redemption and uh the night comes for us um but i've i haven't gone far back and watched all these martial arts movies that and that's probably just because i've never been a big action movie guy and the crossover is there and so um it's it's kind of weird that when I think about it, I don't. I'm not actually that familiar with the work that made Jackie Chan so famous, and uh, so I was excited to check this out for that reason. Because, you know, even though it's it's late in the franchise, he's still a he's still a much younger guy than the Jackie Chan I'm pretty familiar with, and so I was excited to see him in action on this one. Yeah, and even for me, like there's just so much there. I'm not deep in his catalog or anything. I've seen maybe a few more than you have. First two police stories, which is why we're here, is because I'm a big fan of those. We were talking a bit earlier that I guess you can track my interest in those movies through Liam and I's personal like DM conversations over a couple of years, getting more and more into it. And I recently got them the Criterion release at Christmas. I've seen them in theaters, the first two. And uh, so those are super cool. And that was kind of a 
interesting thing to see as someone who basically only knew Rush Hour because I hadn't seen the uh, cartoon a whole lot when I was a kid or anything. And um, I've also seen My Lucky Stars, uh, which is notable because it's a Jackie Chan collaboration with Sammo Hung, of which there are many. Um, Not many that I've seen, but I know there's a lot to that. Those sort of strike a similar thing where My Lucky Stars, anyway, had a lot more comedy to it in a way that I I personally didn't really love like three stooges esque or like really kind of like childish comedy but um one big thing with all Jackie Chan movies I think uh police story four is a good example um is finding the physicality of course and you know bits of humor in the the stunt work um so I was excited to get to this just to see what that would be like uh later on like a good decade after the uh the first one which i think is like so so good um but that aside i'm not way 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 head over heels deep into it and then into the genre in general i haven't seen a ton more um i haven't seen a lot of bruce lee's work or anything is an example that you gave and Mm, yeah yeah bruce lee was was big for me as a kid because my dad was into him and so that was sort of my guy like enter the dragon and um, Bruce Lee documentaries and stuff. So um, I probably discovered Jackie Chan around the time I was into Bruce Lee. And then like I, I watched Bruce Lee movies and that was my martial arts fix. And then I appreciated Jackie Chan as like the happy man on my... As an extension of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, I get, I get what you mean. But yeah, so something that I'm into, but not something that we're both super, super familiar with. And then um, there's enough references in it to the movie to be able to say pretty fairly that um in the case of police story four um which i'm gonna go ahead and say now very loosely related to the first two movies he jackie chan could be playing anybody (laughs) like it does not matter that this is called police story four other than marketing reasons the character is the same one and um the guy that he's talking to back in hong kong is someone mm-hmm. from the first few police story movies. This is actually his last one. Um, Inspector Wong is who he's playing. Uh, Bill Tung. But like you take those scenes out or give him a different superior and he could play literally any cop. So I think it was mostly a branding thing. Yeah. Okay. That makes a whole lot of sense. Cause I felt that I, I didn't feel like I was missing a whole lot. It felt mostly like a, a vehicle for um an action plot with i think that's why it's called jackie sequences. chan's first strike honestly it's just hey do you guys want to see jackie chan do some shit <laughs> yeah you know at some point you just become so big that that's the draw it's just another it's just another jackie chan movie and uh of course if police story was big uh, at some point you're just going to be like oh well we haven't called one police story for a while so let's make this <laughs> one that um I think Police Story 3 was similar because that's called Super Cop. And um, Michelle Yeoh is in that movie too. And then she got a spinoff that was titled Super Cop 2. Which is very funny to me in terms of just naming conventions. Because like, what what does any of that mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Jackie Chan is not in... Have a field day yeah, he's that. not in Super Cop 2. But she is... Um, yeah, it's it's a mess, but... So, Police Story 1, just to give a quick sense of where we're at, 
Um, so we have a crime lord, of course, and we have to arrest the crime lord. But things get a little out of hand. Maybe a car drives through a town. Maybe Jackie Chan has to hang off of a bus. Um, it gets pretty fucking wild. And, um, you know, there's some intrigue and there is some comedy bits. But basically, there's this crime lord who wants to get revenge for Jackie Chan getting him in jail. And so they set a trap and try to frame him for killing a cop. And then Jackie Chan has to clear his name. Now, I'm saying Jackie Chan... The character has a name, uh, Chan Kakui. However, in the dub of Police Story 1 and 2 and 4, in the dub, they just call him Jackie? <laughs> I don't know why. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, that that threw me for a loop when the that The first happened. time I, I watched thinking... Police Story, it was a dub, and they were calling him Jackie the whole time, and I thought that was so weird. Um, but anyway, I set this up because I, I don't want to spend too long in the first two, but, uh, because Police Story 2 is a really direct sequel, um, to Police Story 1. It came out a few years later, but it's directly related to the previous case. He has been demoted basically to being a traffic cop and kind of like a poster boy, uh, which, uh, his girlfriend likes because it's safer, but then he gets sort of wrangled back into it. And, uh, that movie is known for having a spectacularly gigantic explosion in it. Like a historically gigantic explosion. Um, they're just really good vehicles for really compelling, well-constructed stunt choreography. Uh, and some good, yeah, good like police crime story stuff and some good comedy. Like there's a bit in the first police story where he's on like phone duty and uh, he's answering like six phones at once. And he's getting tangled up in the cords and like flicking them around with his feet and like doing all kinds of shit. They're just pleasant, fun entertainment. It's, I feel like it sounds reductive, like I should have a more elegant way of phrasing this, but I really don't have one. They're just good movies. They're just good, exciting movies. That's awesome, man. Do they make you want to watch more action martial arts films, more Jackie yeah. Chan films? Yeah, I've been meaning to get into it more just as a genre because I feel like it's so fascinating and in a lot of ways, it feels meaningfully distinct from a lot of what we get here cinematically, especially in how action is structured and what sort of what's privileged in the action. Because I feel like in a lot of Western action movies, like maybe more recently, I don't know a ton of what it was like more when these movies were coming out, but it's very like quick cuts and really hard to track what's happening. So something that I find fascinating in uh, martial arts movies is that the whole point is like seeing it happen and mm -hmm. real people doing it. So you get like a medium shot basically. And the editing still adds a sense of kinetic feeling to it, but, and you're just watching people perform really wild stunts and, or cool ladder throwing around. Like we'll get to later or kicks or fucking whatever stuff that I can't do, but I think is cool. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great way to uh, capture my uh interest in these movies uh, that's that's my favorite stuff i mean it feels very wwe like you know uh which which we're both fans of is just like seeing people playing these characters but while they're acting they also have to do insane physical stuff that isn't 
there's not really camera trickery at play no. like you just you've got to do it and that's it and it's it's amazing and so um the end of yeah. police story has a really wild stunt where uh jackie chan jumps off of like a a railing and grabs a metal pole and like fireman slides down it but there's like lights strung up around it and all the lights are being pulled down and like popping and sparks are shooting out and he like fried the shit out of his hands doing that like because it's fucking dangerous and it's a metal pole and a bunch of electrical lights um yeah there's a a degree of knowing that like it's like this hurts people like this is the real deal for lack of a better phrase that's exactly it yeah i watched that scene um afterwards so good after watching first strike i checked that out and i watched some other jackie chan stunts um and i was surprised in watching that how um yeah the camera stays far back like you said it's like a wide shot you're you just see him do it and um that was so interesting to me as someone that isn't super familiar with martial arts movies i'm far more used to things looking cinematic and you would expect that like there's a close-up on his face as he's sliding down you can kind of see the pain that it's causing him and the bright flashes are going to be like worked into the lighting where um it's it's supposed to look like a a bit more um you know like when the flashes happen maybe it lights up a certain portion of his face or something that's the that's the kind of thing i'd be used to in seeing a character do something like that but in the film it's just jackie chan going down and the lights are popping wildly so wildly that you can barely see him on the pole and um it looks like unremarkable until you think about how remarkable it actually is you know what i mean and part of the fascination there is just thinking about holy shit he's actually really high up he's sliding down this thing those lights are actually exploding and it's sometimes you know uh the the fact of the matter it doesn't look as remarkable as movies make them out to seem but then when uh you actually think that it's happening and this this character if you were to do this thing that is what it would look like and so there's a lot of appreciation to be found there so i i thought that was that was awesome once i thought about it in that way the stunt is insane yeah and um all i was hoping to get out of first strike i think was something that felt a bit like that like just i was prepared for if there's some really cool stunt sequences like i'm walking away happy that's really all i'm looking for um because Me you know their police story one and two are well constructed and they tell a good story but they're not story driven like big soaring narrative films so so for me i'm like you know let's just have a good time and it's worth noting that there are multiple cuts of this film uh we watched in before the credits start like a 75 minute dub that is the version that was put out by new line cinema in the u.s um and so as window dressing there is a plot uh wherein um jackie chan i'm gonna use the name from the dub because i'm less likely to mispronounce it so i'm just gonna call him jackie the whole time um he is working with the cia to get 
Sui, who is a weapons dealer, but then he realizes that he actually needs to work with, like, the new Russian FSB, which is the new KGB, but then he's being used by them because the guy in charge of the SF- FSB is actually in charge of the Russian mafia, and he and Sui have to work to stop them and get the weapons away from the bad guys and now they're being chased by them that's basically it um i if it sounds like i'm deeply confused um it's not because it's complicated it feels like every semblance of a plot this movie has has been cut from the film it's very weird did you find anything weird about that at all when you were watching it? Did you feel like, hey, it feels like maybe a scene is missing or eight? Abs- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of what you just said is in the actual movie. I mean, as you're talking about it, I can think of scenes that correspond to that idea. Um, but it, it sort of feels like we watched an outline of that plot. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I So this movie's dubbed and, I you know, it costs money to dub movies. But, like, these are not small production companies. Like, Golden Harvest, who is the Hong Kong-based company, um, it's, uh, they do so much. But, like, all the police story movies are Golden Harvest movies. I think My Lucky Stars was Golden Harvest. And then, like, New Line Cinema, everybody knows what New Line Cinema is. Like, it's not clear to me why this movie is so bare bones. Like, there are moments in the film where you know (laughs) there's a point where jackie is with the russian guy and it's like oh are we just gonna fly into australia oh yeah they go to australia (laughs) we're gonna get caught and he's like no we're gonna get in the submarine and then we're gonna be there and then it cuts to like a two second shot in the submarine and then it cuts to him on the phone with his superior in hong kong in a hotel in australia (laughs) And he explains yes. what's happening, and then it just cuts to the next thing. Like, there are entire sequences that are not action-related that feels like they're missing. Yeah, and uh, when I read after we watched the movie that um, in Hong Kong, the movie is an hour and 50 minutes long. Uh, five zero fifty minutes, I was... It kind of made a lot of sense. I was thinking... Man, we uh, in America, they really just figured that they want to see Jackie do some do some shit. We're gonna get there quick. We're gonna get to the next one quick, and uh, that's that. Well, it's so fast paced. It's like, and all the uh, exposition is very explicit. So early on, it starts in the Ukraine, and um, they're like, "Oh, don't worry, this is gonna be super simple," which is obviously a joke because clearly it's very convoluted. But it's like, you just have to go follow this lady named Natasha. She's going to show up somewhere. You have to just tell her where she's going and it's fine. And then he ends up following Swede to this ski hill. And there's a big action sequence with this fucking nuclear warhead chase. Um, but so she's on the phone and then gets kidnapped. And then suddenly Jackie's just following them. And then he ends up in the back of a van and Swee is driving the van. And then he stays in the van. They end up on a ski hill. And then suddenly the big ski hill thing is just happening. And then they do the big, big action scene and there's good espionage and hijinks and whatever. And um, then he just like gets, so he gets through it and he's like, okay, you're working for the KGB now. 
And he's like, oh, am I? Okay. And then it goes from there to the helicopter to the submarine to Australia. <laughs> like, and the boss, uh, Bill, his superior, doesn't even know what the fuck's going on either. He's like, oh, don't worry. It'll be super easy. Don't even worry about it. But like so much... It's just action sequence to action sequence to action sequence with the superfluous, necessary, very specific exposition in the middle. How does that compare to the original films? Um, the original films, you know, rely on their action sequences to tell part of the story, but there is, like, a cohesive narrative being presented that has the necessary scenes to flesh it out. Like, there are character moments where it's just people talking, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. There, there's other stuff happening aside from the action stuff and that feels missing this feels like an excuse to put together a montage of action sequences yeah it sort of feels like a uh, a flanderization of the martial arts genre you know uh, an Eric Matthewsing where you, you find a characteristic that people like early on and then by the time you're a couple installments into the thing you're doing you you hone in on that thing that people like the thing that people remember um those big action moments those moments of eric matthews being loud and obnoxious and then that's the thing that you are doing basically all the time yeah i feel like if it sounds like i'm kind of explaining this in a weird way like there is a sequence after the guy with the nuke shows up at this cabin and the whole chase to get there was an action sequence. And then there is there are dudes in snow camouflage, white, hiding in the snow. And there's a big gunfight and there's like four helicopters and there's snowboarding down the hill. And there's dudes on skis jumping out of helicopters, shooting people. Things are exploding. Jackie Chan jumps out of a helicopter into a frozen lake for real, which is pretty tight. But it's like it's like 12 minutes long <laughs> of just mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, Police Story 1 and 2, for me, feel more like constructed films than this does. Good to know, man, because I... Uh, I feel like I this was is kinda... such a weird example. Right. I, I was I was yearning for something a bit more uh, I guess we sort of... Substantial. Sorta, we, yeah, we sort of got sidetracked, but like, what did you think about it overall? Especially as you're not really an action guy, and that's mostly what this movie is. Well, I... Funny enough, I liked... I liked about half the action in the movie um, and uh, when they were doing the action stuff, that's when I was most excited. I mean, I, I'll say I like, you know, half of the action, but I'd say I liked about zero of the non-action stuff, the the stuff that is supposed to be your actual narrative of the movie. Um, you know, normally I like people talking, but this, it just felt... Uh, it was all window dressing, like... That's yeah, that's exactly right. And so I saw through that. I just wanted to get back to the action stuff, and then I found the action stuff was hit and miss. So altogether, the movie added up to be pretty unremarkable to me. Um, there is one action sequence that I will remember from it that I thought was really cool, and that is—is is it the, the one that I've referenced eight times already? <laughs> yeah, it involves ladders, sticks, um, and a bunch of dudes, and a bunch of dudes, and it's sort of. It's it's what you said earlier, where the camera is pretty wide. You you see stuff happen. There's there's cool a man the man gets stuck inside the ladder. Jackie Chan's like flinging the ladder around his head. It's really cool. Yeah, 
I, I love stuff like that, like where it's just it's a fight scene, but you've got to come up with ways to make it more interesting. I, I almost uh, find like I, I find that cooler than um, the other stuff we saw in the movie. And some of that might just come down to the way the other stuff was executed. But, um, you know, for example, we, we got a big moment in this movie early on where Jackie Chan snowboards off a hill. <laughs> and flies up into the air and then grabs onto the skid of a helicopter. And the snowboard is also just gone after that <laughs> off his feet. Yeah. Like it's just nowhere to be seen. It's like it was a it's like it was a snow <laughs> skate. Um and that sounds really fucking cool and it had the potential to be, but I think the way that it was edited totally negates the effort and the talent of Jackie Chan and what he probably had to do in order to do that stunt, you know? Um, cause we don't really see it. There's, there's a lot of cuts, you know, there's one as he's going off the hill, another while he's in the air, another from a different angle as he grabs onto the skid. And so it, I can't really see the, the character and the danger in it the way I could when I watched that police story metal pole slide on YouTube. Um, and then the lead up to that stunt where we've got people doing things on a snowy hill, I didn't really feel the the um, urgency, I guess. The, the urgency, the tension. I didn't feel the temperature. Like Jackie Chan keeps saying he's cold and wants clothes, but just in the filmmaking, I didn't feel it. Like it wasn't, it was, it was sunny. It wasn't snowing. There's snow on the hill, but there's not... Uh, sound design to make it seem windy um and these are all techniques that like i think have to be used because even though it very well might have been very cold on that hill you've got to make sure that that stuff comes across um there there's a there's a fine line between doing things that are dangerous and you know they're dangerous and they they feel a certain way to you in the moment like it's the same thing where if you're uh, in a house that you think is scary it's very dark and you feel very scared Ooh. if you just turn the camera on and start filming that doesn't mean that when you show that footage to someone it they will, will look also like, it will scared. look like a house like that's right you've got to do things to to communicate it um i learned this the hard way when i was in like the ninth grade my i had two friends and we were out at uh one friend's country house he lives in the woods it was dead winter in uh um northwestern ontario which is a very cold part of canada it had to be like minus 20 outside or something minus 30 and um so much snow on the ground and we decided it would be a great idea to film a movie outside and uh we filmed maybe this five ten minute long uh slasher movie that involves uh, characters being chased through the woods characters uh the killer bursts out from some snow a dead body is found buried in snow outfit changes where at one point uh, the killer who is normally wearing like this big snowsuit is wearing a t-shirt much like Jackie Chan's big snowsuit that he wears in Australia <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it looks tight as fuck. And I think it was a Bruce Lee send up because it's yellow and black. But why is he wearing it? I have no idea. Um, the killer has to wear uh, regular clothes outside in the winter, and so he's in a t-shirt, and it's like 
halfway through filming this movie, we were so cold, our hands were freezing, and we still had so much to do. And we could have gone inside, take a take a break, go back out when it's less cold. But we wanted to capture the sunlight. We were in in the groove of making the movie. And I also had it in my head that like, we're so cold right now, but if we persist, this will come across on the screen. And when, when this movie is edited, it's going to be like, holy shit, these people went through the elements. This is some... Right. Uh, this is some like sorcerer shit. This is some, um, uh, um, uh, what's another movie where people really had to get put through the ringer and then it comes across apocalypse now. And it's not really the weather, but like, sure. That was, yeah. That was like a pretty it's difficult a- shoot. <laughs> Right, yeah, this will be some apocalypse now shit where uh, we're we're getting put through the ringer and then it'll come across and it'll be sweet and it'll really benefit our movie. And we 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 uh, pushed through, finished filming, we edited the movie, and it looked like total shit. Dude. It was <laughs> it was sunny outside. Um, it did. You couldn't. Now that we were all warm in our house, I couldn't even remember that we felt so cold by looking at it. We didn't look particularly cold. Um, it just looked like we were some schmucks in in some snow, and that's it. And I think that this movie has that same problem, not just for the obvious snowy scene um, in this movie, but. Uh, a whole lot of other action set pieces in this movie. I just don't feel the urgency. And so that is why the one remarkable scene for me is the stick fight because yeah. and that whole I, sequence I felt, is good. Like it starts at the yeah, funeral and there's like, it's very visual because all that, those, um, those papers are flying everywhere and it just looks great as well. Totally. And I, I like the character work. Like I feel like these guys actually want to, harm jackie and i feel like he actually is like really scrambling to get away from them and i like all the small innovations within that fight scene where he jumps up onto some scaffolding he climbs up onto a balcony jumping through ladders like you said those are all little things where um they're they're just they make uh what would be a standard fight scene memorable and it's all it's hard to make them fail because they're uh they're actual people fighting and you kind of have to keep it wide so that you see the people and um they're just little things that i love you know when i would write comic strips of uh stick fighting each other those are the things i kind of rack my brain trying to think about and this movie does it really well in that sequence and so i i dug that scene but honestly besides that the movie didn't really didn't really get me at all i'd say that that's uh that's the only thing i'm gonna it's, remember it from and i know it's capable of more like i know well i know jackie chan is capable of more and so it just made me wish i was watching a different movie that hadn't been dubbed this way i think the dubbing is bad i think the the sound effects this, this whole sound design is bad um i think some of the uh, canned sound effects are actually hilarious though it's true it's, it's like true. it's like a sound effect that i could have like, absolutely it's they, that they do that car crashing sound, sound effect oh yeah, yeah. They, a lot of them are, the tr- are reused the music like yeah. the like yeah, exactly <laughs> uh the editing is poor like we said just in terms of like making a a it's, a the clarity is not there it's weird this movie's weirdly hard to talk about because there's so little going on and all you can really say is like jackie chan does really well it's him on the ledge of that hotel it's him fighting that big guy as a small guy 
Um, it's him getting blasted in the face with all that pressurized water coming out of that porthole that the Russian man shot open. Um, and that looks painful and like it probably hurt quite a bit. Um, but then he gets outside and this is not, I'm not nitpicking, but it's like, then he gets outside and his clothes are dry. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if we're going to bother putting Jackie Chan through this, can we at least keep him wet when he's outside? So it mattered. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Why do we have to make yeah, Jackie I- struggle? <laughs> I just think the filmmaking chops weren't there for this one. Like it, it feels like um, any number of movies we've talked about where it's just uh, you've got a movie to make under a successful name. And so you've got to slap the things together to make a movie. But the difference with this film that so many other films aren't fortunate enough to have is that we have a really charismatic talented star that shines through occasionally but i think a lot of times the filmmaking kind of just crushes the work he's doing and we don't get to see it and and feel it the yeah. way we should well, and even, even you go ahead there's go. neat ideas too like i like when sweet jumps out of what is supposed to be his dad's coffin or his uncle's coffin and is like oh like we're gonna get you and then the guy's like oh it's cool that you and your dad share a coffin because i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> like and then yeah. they have the bit with all the umbrellas to hide from the snipers. And it's like, he's kicking people. Jackie Chan's kicking people on stilts. Like I really like most of the action. I think it's fun. And like, at least very kinetic and exciting. Some of the comedy bits I could do with though. Cause they're a little bit, uh, childish in a way that's just sort of like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's go. I don't know how to talk about this movie though. Cause like, it's just like, do you want to watch Jackie Chan do stuff? This is a way to do that, but that's kind of it. <laughs> Absolutely, but um, from what I can tell, it's not the best way to see him do it, you know? So, uh, it's cool that it exists so that we have Jackie Chan doing more things, which is the reason it exists. We've had Jackie Chan do a decade and a half of stuff before this. Let's get him to do some more. But I'd say if you're looking to scratch the Jackie Chan itch, you know, start with Police Story. Um, you, You even go to Rush Hour because the filmmaking there is much better than this one. And then and then you know once you're once you're through all those big ones you've still got first strike and you can see him uh suck his thumb underwater yeah i don't know i wish i had more to say the action stuff's cool like if you're looking to put something on where jackie chan's doing cool shit like yeah put this on it's fine you know it's cool there's stuff i really like he genuinely jumped out of that helicopter into that cold water that's crazy but overall it was just kind of a confusing not confusing, but a strange viewing experience. You don't really know what to do with it. I felt that once the bloopers hit in the credits, yeah, in classic At, like, Jackie Chan fashion, minute. that like clarified for me what I didn't like with the movie, and that was the the filmmaking of it. Because seeing this more raw footage of Jackie Chan just fucking himself up, jumping through the ladder and slamming onto the ground and not quite making the jump, I was like, man, I want to... I felt that intensity in those shots, and I thought if I could have that for more of the movie, um, I would have I would have been a much bigger fan. Yeah, I don't know. I I saying it's disappointing is correct, but it feels like too strong a word for some reason. But it is. It's just sort of weird. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where um I didn't like the movie all that much. Um I'm not I'm glad I saw it, and also I wouldn't 
at all be surprised if I talk to people that really like this movie. This movie had four writers. <laughs> That's crazy. I just, I just thought I should mention that because I realized I, we completely glossed over the uh, cast and crew stuff. But uh, is that is that like writers for the on the Chinese team that doesn't include like dub writers? No. Well, it's just four dudes. Like, it's well, Stanley Tong directed it, and then Stanley Tong is one of the writers. Elliot Tong is one of the writers. It's his only writing credit. He's the guy who also produced Ichi the Killer, which you mentioned, and then Greg Mellot and Nick Tremontaine also wrote the movie. Uh, potentially. This movie was produced partially in English, but potentially you're right. Like maybe they wrote stuff for the dub. I don't know. Um, cinematography is by Jingle Ma, who mostly did Chinese movies, but also Rumble in the Bronx and Mr. Magoo. Stanley Tong also directed that Mr. Magoo movie. Uh, Peter Chung and Chi Wai Yao edited the movie. I'm so sorry if I'm saying these wrong. Uh, music for the U.S. version is by J. Peter Robinson who did notably Wayne's World and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. Um, then, yeah, Jackie Chan, and then really quick, Jackson Liu plays Jackson Sui, and then Annie Wu plays Annie Sui. I don't get why the dubs don't change the actors' names. It's weird. <laughs> like, uh, and then there's Bill Tung, as mentioned, Yuri Petrov, Nona Grishavia, Grishavia, Terry Wu, and then that was those were the big credits. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's it's a movie with action stuff in it. I guess this is uh, this is one of our classic Hollywood episodes where we put the credits at the end. <laughs> and this is the <laughs> and then we're out. This is the post credit scene. Because uh, I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. Because it's just sort of like it's very the pace is just blistering. Things just keep happening endlessly. Um, and you'll get like the exposition required to get to the next sequence. And then you'll just get the next action thing that progresses the story forward. And then it yeah, will repeat forever until the movie ends. It's a movie where like I can equally understand someone being uh, pretty down on it all the way to really liking it. But I I wouldn't quite be able to understand someone loving it entirely or hating it entirely yeah i'm know? not prepared to say it's bad at all it was just sort of weird because it wasn't how i thought it was gonna go <laughs> i don't think it's bad necessarily i think its strengths are things it does really well like the action i think is quite good the ways it creates spectacle visually are usually pretty effective it's just like you know it's weird it's hard to describe other than just jackie chan doing his thing yeah, I love that Jackie on his adventures. All of his adventures. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of it, I guess, huh? I think that's it, man. Okay, well, thanks everybody once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite Jackie Chan's movie. Um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And when I finally make the soundboard work again, uh, Jason DeLine made our soundboard clip, so you can find on Instagram at DeLineMan. Liam, where can people find you? 
You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. And you can listen to me and Final Neil, friend of the show, on MK PodQuest, where we are rewatching all of uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest, the classic action fantasy TV show. It's got its fair share of martial arts in it. And you can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. And with that out of the way, look out behind you! And we'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one? <laughs>